This is a Curious Line podcast brought to you by ING. Hello and welcome to the ING podcast here at GoTech World. We have a very special guest today. It's called, he's called Jason Im, CEO of Trigger. Hello, Jason. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Let's tell, tell the people who are listening, who are you and what do you do at Trigger? What Trigger does? Uh, so Trigger is the mixed reality agency. Um, we are located in Los Angeles and we do uh, mixed reality, which is AR and VR for big entertainment brands. Uh, for instance, this year we did Spider-Man, we did Toy Story 4, we're moving on to Star Wars. Uh, we work with all the sports leagues in the U.S. from uh, NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, about to launch something with the NFL the, this month. Um, and then all, a lot of big brands and auto as well. How do you came to, to, to this, to this uh, area, to, to virtual reality and augmented reality? Yeah, so we started as um, a digital marketing agency for film um, some years back. It's been 13 years now, I think. Uh, and on the film side, there's actually a lot of innovation uh, because you work on many film campaigns. And as soon as the movie comes out, the very next movie, you have to do something different. So the film studios are always making you look for new, uh, innovative ways to uh, reach the consumer. And we did our first AR project in 2009. So 10 years ago, um, webcam-based AR for District 9. Uh, how, how, how did it look? It was... The, I District mean, 9, if I remember, was a movie. It was a movie? Yeah, was, movie, yeah. It was a movie with some sort of apocalypse. If uh, I it was what? like aliens in yeah. South Africa. Yeah. yeah, like in the... Yeah, so back then it was very, very early technology. Like looking back at it now, it looks almost embarrassingly simple. Um, so you actually have to, uh, the consumer had to print something, a piece of a, a target uh, piece of paper, uh, hold it in front of a webcam. And then in the webcam feed, they would see the AR appearing on top of that piece of paper. So it was very clunky, a lot of friction, weird mirror sort of uh, execution, but kind of cool, you know. In the last few years, we talked about, we talked step by step. First of all, about virtual reality, it was the buzzword. And even if augmented reality existed before virtual reality, we came to augmented reality after, after VR. And now augmented is, is the buzz. So in terms of, of projects, what's the difference? What's the public targeted by VR and AR? Yeah, I think for us, we have always been more of an AR shop. Uh, we do some uh, VR for automotive on the enterprise side, but I would say 90% of our work is AR based and has been AR based. Um, I think the big difference for us is that like VR is all about this amazing experience, but you have to put on a headset and you're separated from the world and it's very expensive uh, and it's a lot of gear to get the consumer into it. I think the reason AR is so powerful is that you just use your phone. Um, and before it was, you just use your phone and an app. And now with web AR, it's just use your phone and a mobile browser. So once you have a technology that way that can basically reach almost everybody, um, it's a lot more powerful than only a technology that requires you to only select few, have this headset and this setup. Yeah, I think it's a very, uh, somehow a very lonely experience, the VR. It should be social, but it's not. You are disconnected from from the outside world. You mentioned web AR, and I just want to 
take a step into explaining what kind of content can you produce? Web AR, I know uh, AR apps and so on and so forth. Yeah, so if you look at the all the different platforms, they kind of range from uh, social AR, which is uh, Snap, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, the idea there is a consumer already has their app. They have a Facebook app, they have a Snap app. Uh, so a brand is only delivering the lens or the effect, the content into that existing platform. Uh, Web AR is kind of the next level up. It can be a little bit more complex. Um, if you're in a social platform like Snap, you're limited to, to like four megabytes. You can only do what their tool can do. With Web AR, you can program a little bit more different stuff. Um, and again, like uh, a consumer just uses their mobile browser, uh, can use a camera and see a target and make a QR code and make content appear. Um, so it's powerful that way because everyone can have access to it. Uh, then you get to app-based AR. Um, so this is requires you, a consumer, to download a whole app, or we recommend brands, uh, if they already have an app that has a lot of users, just do an AR module and add it into that existing app and add that capability. Um, and it gets more powerful there. So once in an app, you can do much larger files, bigger 3D, you can tie into GPS, tie into Beacon, you know, AI, whatever technology you want. So it can be a much more robust experience. Uh, probably only really worth it if you are trying to create something for a customer to repeat and return to so they can use it multiple times. This I wanted to ask you before stepping in, uh, stepping in into some projects developed by, uh, by Trigger. Sometimes uh, uh, brands are, are developing campaigns and doing this monstrous promotion about, I don't know, a virtual reality project, an augmented reality project, but it's very temporary. It's like you launch the movie and it's over. How do you make it to last more for, for consumers to engage with them after, after weeks and months? Yeah, so that's really interesting because I think um, it depends on the brand, right? Like it's hard to do that on the film side because exactly like you said, uh, the, all the money, all the departments, all the marketing departments are about the opening weekend launch. And as soon as that's done, the project actually goes to different department. It goes to home video, it goes to you know uh, whatever. And those guys have different budgets, different bosses, different everything. So uh, that's why on the film side, it is hard to get money to make something that lasts more than one movie. Uh, we're lucky enough to work on some big franchises like a Star Wars or a Spider-Man that they can create uh, an app and content that goes from one movie to the next. Um, but I think those are very far and few in between on the film side. Um, but in the rest of the world, other industries, I think there's a lot of, uh, lot of examples where you can apply AR consistently. So uh, sports is a good one because for sports, you have a whole season. So if you have some AR app that goes with every single game, that's a very kind of sticky experience that goes across the entire season. Um, and then the other thing is uh, retail. So AR for brands and products. So uh, right now at retail, we see, you know, brands experimenting. They might have one big product and they do a promotion like you're saying. Uh, but I think we're moving towards brands that want to do all their products. So it doesn't, instead of one big AR application for one product, think about a, uh, an AR platform, a smaller set of features, but across all their SKUs. And I think that's very powerful. Because we don't we don't talk just about AR that is 
digitally not made because it's it's already digitally made but delivered on a digital uh, um, means but we have AR inside the retail stores and it's used more and more to to engage people in the offline world yeah I think um, you know in retail super interesting because I think e retail brick and mortar retail has its own challenges right now especially in the US like a lot of physical stores are closing and there's this convenience of buying online. You know, everyone just orders on Amazon and it gets delivered in two days and soon it's gonna be one day delivery from Amazon. So retail stores need to do something physical to change that, give, give consumers a reason to go to the store. Um, so AR and XR can help that. They can make, a, they can make a, the retail experience a flagship experience. So a reason for a consumer to go. Uh, the second thing that a retail store can do is that they can take some of the things that are working on the e-commerce side um, and apply them in, in an AR to their physical products in store. Uh, so it could be like, um, you know, color configuration you could do, or it could be um, uh, ratings and reviews, uh, things that are very effective on e-commerce. Um, you can bring them directly into the store and on top of your product. Tell us more about, about some of the most interesting projects you work for. Uh, yeah, we're super lucky that we, you know, uh, we can have many, many different projects running at the same time that are very, very different from each other and all kind of bleeding edge technology. I, I think this year, a couple of the most exciting ones for us, uh, one was the NHL uh, for sports. Uh, so this is uh, for hockey in the US and uh, Canada. Um, in January was the first time we could actually get real telemetry, real data from the game. Uh, so on the ice, uh, the puck has a chip and then all the players have a chip and we're, uh, the partner was tracking all that data, uh, real time from the game. And then we were displaying that data in AR. So we could actually, you could watch the game on TV or watch the game in the stadium and then plant a ice rink on your table and recreate it one-to-one, -one. um, and then tap on any single player and see all their live stats. And that's literally never been done before. Um, there's not a lot of stats in, NH in in hockey because it's so fast, but with this equipment and with this technology, it can track all that in, in real time. How did people use use this this kind of technology when they when they went to, to see the hockey matches? So this was just a pilot. Uh, NHL is moving, like working on commercialization and stuff, but this was just a pilot at a, a two games, I believe, in, in Vegas. Uh, so it was by invitation only. They came to a special area. They had we gave out devices, but they could watch over the ledge. They could watch the game and turn around and, and see it all in AR as well, and see the data in AR. And you, you you mentioned sports, but I know you have a lot of projects for movies. You mentioned Star Wars. I know the Lego movies, Toy Story, so on and so forth. How does how do the, the the projects in this area look like? Uh, for us, it's um, uh, we usually focus on the larger films. Um, and the exciting thing for us is we get to work kind of directly with the filmmakers. Like Toy Story, we work with Pixar and Disney. Uh, they actually give us like high res film asset quality assets, uh, which is really challenging. It's very scary sometimes. Um, on the last Star Wars movie that we worked on our work, we had to go all the way up to Kathleen Kennedy 
you know, uh, and the filmmakers to prove the content because uh, it's very important to them. Like um, uh, that we translate their 3D characters accurately enough in, in mobile AR. So, um, but it, it's super fun. We get to, we're big movie fans ourselves. We've been doing film marketing for many years. I think we've probably done over 400 movie movie campaigns uh, at, at Trigger. So um, uh, we definitely love the storytelling. Uh, and we love how like with AR, you can take that story and bring it into the fans, uh, you know, living room. Um, and they can star with the with, with the characters themselves. What are the challenges of working with big studios at huge movies? Um, and how do you interact with them? I mean, um, it's how do you serve their needs for 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 the movie uh, to make a comparing experience for the user at the end? Yeah. So I mean, some of these studios we've worked with for many many years. Um, so there's a shorthand with working with them, but I think the the two big pieces that we have to kind of work well with one is the marketing arm who's paying the bill for all of this, um, and they usually have, uh, you know, I think with Toy Story is a great example. There was a big partnership with Regal Cinema, so I think it was a very clever strategy for them instead of creating an app, uh, a Toy Story app that users had to download separately, they just. Uh, put the content within Regal Cinema, which already had 10 million or 9 million users. It's a big install base already. Um, so working with that team and making sure we hit the marketing goals. And then the second team that we normally work with are the uh, kind of the VFX and all the 3D asset team. And that can be, um, it's not only 3D, like it could be sound, it could be music, it could be whatever content is actually coming from the film. Um, and that's usually really fun. Just because we get, again, access to some of these film resolution models. Sometimes we're working with concept designs before very early on in a film process. Uh, like Spider-Man, we started 18 months. Uh, the original Spider-Man, we started 18 months before the movie started out. So we were working with concept stuff, trying to create 3D from that a very early stage work that later on had to match the, the stuff that was in the movie. So, so if I want to know the ending for the star wars series i should ask you because no. you you have it already <laughs> i do not have it and i don't want to know i i want like everyone else we just want to be fans to go see it so. don't take the magic out of it yeah <laughs> um how do you measure how do brands and big studios measure an ar campaign what are their objectives so the objectives can range. i think uh on the more basic level, there's just general impressions. Um, and those could be media impression, in, impressions, which are still, I think, important uh, in this day. Like AR is a new technology um, and it's still getting quite a lot of media buzz. So um, there is a lot of kind of follow on effect from, from media impressions. So that's one. Uh, and then there's also the kind of normal app uh, activity um, and campaign uh information that you can get for instance a, a big one for us is uh how long was the session time so when someone actually launched the ar how long did they stay playing with ar um or it could be how much of the content they consume let's say we put 10 characters in the app did they just do one character and they were bored and went away or did they do all 10. Um, another thing is a uh, repeatability so i think that's a big gauge of success if someone 
uses the app once and never returns, or if someone keeps coming back for more content through the app is very important. Um, and then ultimately, I, especially for retailers, they're trying to push to sales, right? So for us on, um, on the film side, uh, some of our apps have a ticketing component so we can see how many people are going to buy uh, tickets there. Um, on the e-commerce side or the retail side, you're pushing from you know, a virtual try-on of some kind or being able to give product information into a purchase option and you can track that. How complex has to be an, a mixed reality implementation to make the people stick inside uh, uh, an app or maybe on a website? Um, because sometimes these this AR projects seem to be, for, for some brands, a bit limited. Okay, you have a five minutes experience, but afterwards... I totally agree. I think that like, the kind of gimmicky days of the technology, you know, like let's say one character popping up or something is, is no longer enough. Uh, and I'm actually quite excited about that. You know, I think the stuff that's coming up is so much more interesting. I think once, if you can design an AR experience to be useful, that is more important, I think. So especially with brands and shopping and stuff like that, we've done AR in retail environments, uh, like AR coming off of a point of sale. Um, and the point, point of sale display wasn't anybody famous. It was just a model with a piece of clothing and it was on a display that had uh, that type of clothing next to it. And so the AR there was just, just in the kind of sales process. If someone was uh, looking at the product and wanted to know more information about it, they could see detailed information through AR. We actually saw a ton of success from that. And I think for the consumer, they weren't thinking like, oh, I'm gonna launch something in AR. They just want more information. And this was the best way to deliver that 3D information to them. Um, so I think more use cases like that, you'll see a lot more uh, adoption. You started as a digital marketing company. And what kind of skills should you have inside the digital marketing company or develop there to make the step to, to, to this kind of content, to deliver this kind of complex content? Yeah, it's actually interesting because we, I think um, on the development side, we, uh, we use Unity. So it's a game, uh, game engine. So from a technical side, a lot of our developers are, are Unity guys. Uh, but we also do have to tie into other types of uh, backends as well. So some skills on that end. But from a conceptual side, you know, we've, we've had issues in the past with typical marketing is more 2D or video, you know how to get people to think about experiential, uh, spatial, uh, tactile kind of experiences. So what's been really kind of uh, useful for us is um, we found uh, if people have industrial design backgrounds, uh, that's actually been uh, both, we've, we've seen it on the client side as well, as well as our own team. Um, industrial design uh, people are already thinking in 3D space. They're already thinking about how people are gonna touch it and hold it and use it. Uh, so that actually translates really well for us. And then the second thing is, I think it's just experience. The fact that we're, it's not like you work on one AR project once a year, it's nonstop AR all the time, jumping from one industry to another client, to another client, to another client. And there's so much kind of cross-pollination of experience uh, that 
we found that the most useful that we we bring in people at a junior level and just train them all the way up i i, I found that the the industrial design insight was one of the most fascinating i found out today and this and this podcast that that people with industrial design background can be very good at mixed reality yeah so talking about a bit about the future of of media in general of content can we see in the next few years we we had some years ago uh, the boom of 3d movies it was all 3d and now it's uh, also some of them but can we see mixed reality movies full movies like star wars and mixed reality that's the standard i would say no <laughs> i i think it's like a different medium you know i don't i don't uh especially for myself i i love movies i love if i go to a cinema and it's on imax or whatever and i have a choice between 3d and 2d i just watch the 2d one because i feel like that's that's how you deliver storytelling you know like uh if i dream i dream in it's almost dreaming in 2d you know you see what you see versus like uh it's this full 3d experience so i still think that medium will will stay healthy and, and keep doing what it's doing But I think you will be able to start telling other types of stories in in mixed reality, you know. Um, so I think it's it's definitely kind of experiential, you know. Like um, uh, if you can, uh, if you have a lot more agency and you have a lot more control, I think the problem is like, where's the boundary between a game and storytelling, you know? So so maybe the argument is like, that's already been done. It's called gaming. <laughs> You know, that's 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 how you tell the storytelling that way. But I feel like there's still a lot of room to experiment, especially when there's new technology coming out all the time. So I think that like, uh, you know, when room scale VR, when it's social, when when it's truly social and you can play with other people easier and see other people easier. Is that a complete different experience? You know, um, when AR can map your room accurately and all the occlusion and how much available space there is and stuff like can we tell stories in that you know like i think um it's funny like in film horror is a you know studios go to horror because it's cheap right you can do a low budget movie and still uh, get quite a lot of success uh horror for storytelling in ar may be a really good match as well because it you could tell the story in a person's home in their bedroom you know like if and if If you scan the room and it knows where your door is and knows where your window is and knows where your stairs are and it can tell a ghost story through that i think that could be super compelling it would be harder to tell like a historical movie story in the same way or sci-fi in your house but there are certain genres that could fit really well i want to talk about about the budgets needed for an ar ar development how expensive is a I know that it's uh, it depends on on the size of it, the company, the movie, the the brand. Right. I would say uh, on the low end are the social social uh, AR platforms. So those projects for us are in the tens of thousands US dollars. And then on the medium range, uh, a lot of our clients probably fall within the multiple hundreds of thousands. And then um, uh, every year we have a few kind of big whales that are over a million dollars uh, as a client, uh, as a project. Yeah. How does it look uh, 
this kind this kind of project bigger than one million dollars what should it have so that uh it definitely is an iterative process so projects like that usually start off with what we call a discovery phase we are actually trying to solve a problem that hasn't been solved with the client um, so there's a lot of research um, uh, there's a lot more concept work and then we actually create a POC a proof of concept so that's actually built and then it's actually tested it could be a technical POC or it could be a user experience POC which we actually test with consumers and then after you test it and you get the results then you build the real thing and then that that real thing takes however many months to build so it's a, a many more steps than a quick marketing project thank you very much uh, jason thank you for being here with us at uh, ing podcast and sharing your knowledge in this mixed reality field no thanks for having me and uh, it's good fun thank you thank you very much everyone for listening uh, ing podcast at GoTech world we talked about mixed reality now let's go back to our usual reality thank you